It's time for ROTD Weekend. I'm curious if you guys have any kitchen equipment, appliances, or otherwise that don't work the way that most people do and that you know you have to like adjust recipes for when you're making things. Why am I thinking about this? Well, you've heard me talk quite often, I think, about the importance of having an oven thermometer and knowing if your oven is accurate. You can get it calibrated even if your thermometer finds that it is off, or you can just make those adjustments and consult your oven thermometer, right? So I regularly have an oven thermometer in my oven, and I double check that the temperature is correct, and mine does tend to be off, and so I just adjust the actual, like, set that I put it at so that the internal temperature is at the temperature that I want it at. So that is definitely a thing, and I'm sure others have experienced that as well. So the last time that I mentioned that in one of the morning podcasts, it got me thinking about like other things that can be off or not work correctly. And I realized that this has actually happened with my stovetop at two of my homes, my current one and my previous one. And actually with a set of cookware that I used to use before as well. So I'm going to tell you about this. So the set of cookware was this like glass, like a brown glass colored cookware. And when I lived in Toronto, I had gas heat for my stovetop, which is actually what I have now as well. But back then, and I would use those glass pots when we first moved into that house and things would just burn all the time. Like I just could not get the temperature to be correct and ended up deciding that I just could not use those pots on that stove. And it was a bit of a shame because at that point, I mean, I was quite young and fairly inexperienced with cooking. I was in my 20s and didn't know anywhere near as much as I know now. But those were some of my favorite cooking pots at my previous house. And then I couldn't really use them anymore. But it took a little while to figure that out. And then I eventually got the, oh, the stainless steel ones that I have now. I love them so much. Well, I just went and checked and I know what they are. They are a Jamie Oliver Professional Series T-Fowl set of heavy bottomed stainless steel pots and pans with metal lids. But then I went to see if they are available on Amazon and there's nothing quite like them. The Jamie Oliver Series doesn't have the metal pans. It comes with nonstick pans. It does have the metal saucepans, but the lids are different. They're glass, so I don't think the set is available. But anyhow, I love them so much. I've had them since back then, and they do also seem to work with other recipes. Like when I'm making other people's recipes, they work accurately in the right amount of time, unlike my old glass ones that used to burn things. So then in my current house, I'll just jump to there. The only real issue that I have is the burner that's in the bottom left, like closest to me on the left, which is often my go-to burner on stoves. Like that seems to be where I like to start things. I'm not entirely sure why, but that is it. It is extremely powerful. And so if I use that to cook things, it can often be a lot hotter and cook more quickly than other recipes would call for. And so actually when it comes to like me developing and testing recipes for you guys, I don't usually use that one because it's not going to give me an accurate timing. I do use that one when I'm filming my videos for the site and for social media though, because it just has the right amount of space to the left of it for like my tripod and everything to be at. But because it's so high powered, what often happens is that my phone 
phone overheats from being over top of it. So I have to film everything in like these weird steps. But that's totally okay because I, of course, am testing and developing the recipe separately and I get the timing down on the correct element. And then when I'm cooking things for these videos, it's often like sped up, slowed down, things are cut, spliced, added in. So the timing isn't really being affected for the video. So that's okay. And my phone has survived so far. But I think the most frustrating piece of equipment that I had was the stove at my previous house. Now, I don't know what kind of elements these were. They are the ones where your cooktop is completely flat and the heat is like inside of there somewhere. So the elements aren't exposed. It was electric. I don't think this was induction because I did still have those glass pots, even though I didn't use them very often. I would use them just like in a pinch if I needed extra pots. They worked on there. And I believe that glass does not work on induction. So it wasn't induction, but it was some kind of heat element that just stayed way too hot for too long. And it took me forever to figure out how to cook rice on that stove, because the way that I usually cook rice is to bring the rice and the water up to a boil over high heat, and then drop it down to low, cover it and wait for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the kind of rice. But what would happen on that stove is when you drop the heat way down, it doesn't cool down very quickly and it would just boil over all over the place. And so I figured out that I had to bring the rice and water up to a boil and then I would move it to a different element turned to low and put the lid on there. Or at least in theory, that is what I figured out and learned to do. Remembering to do that when I had cooked rice the same way on just one element my whole life up until then, that was trickier. So there were many, many, many instances of boiled over rice on that stove. And also that that like heat not being able to drop down quickly enough the way I mean with gas it drops down really fast but just even the electric stoves that I'd cooked on before dropped down much quicker than that when a recipe is telling you to have something on high and then to cook something on medium or low after that it just never worked properly I was constantly having to move my pans from one element to another so those are my main like appliance malfunction stories and I have been thinking about them which is why I asked at the beginning of this if you have any any pieces of equipment or have had any piece of equipment that have caused you this kind of problem, I would love to hear about it. You can email me, christine at cookthestory.com or head over to the Facebook group. I will put a post in there today and people can tell their stories in the comments. And so I'll post that I asked this question and then you can go ahead and put your comments in there. And I'm super curious to hear what things have gone wrong and what you've done to like adapt to them. Now on the topic of appliances, not so much on appliance failure. I have a special guest today. I've spoken with her before. You know her and love her. She is an air fryer expert and a cookbook author and a generally hilarious person. It is Heather Johnson, the food hussy from thefoodhussy.com. And she is here today to tell us about her newest favorite appliance and also to share a surprise recipe with us. Let's listen. Heather, welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be back. It is so nice to see you again. So nice to talk to you again. I want to know if there's anything very exciting that is getting your juices flowing in the cooking world in your kitchen. What are you up to these days? I just got a Blackstone. Well, actually, I bought it and then it sat in my laundry room for a year. (laughs) 
because it was a good deal. And then after a year, I was like, okay, I need to take this out of the box. And so if you're not familiar with the Blackstone, it is an outdoor griddle. So it's another big giant cooking thing that goes outside, like a Traeger smoker, a regular grill, and um, a Blackstone. So my Blackstone is now set up and I'm using it and it's very fun to use. So this is for people who just really love being outside when they're cooking. Yeah. Because you already I, have frying pans and things in the house. So this is like, I also need a massive frying pan outside. Yeah. The thing is, too, is I've, I've got a Facebook group for my Blackstone and there's people that are like cooking on it every day. Yeah. And so you can cook pretty much. There's some things you can't make pulled pork on it, you know, but you can cook a lot of things on the Blackstone. And the nice thing about it is it cooks very quickly. <laughs> so even in the middle of winter, which it is um, here in Ohio, you're only outside for about 15 minutes when you're cooking because <laughs> it cooks very fast because it's a very, it uses propane. And so you just pop that skillet on and I've made like a hibachi dinner. Like if you go out for the Benihana hibachi style food, I've made that. I've made Philly cheesesteaks which is delicious. And then you can also make breakfast is very popular because you just, you think about Waffle House, like they just have a big old griddle. And so I've made scrambled eggs and bacon and sausage and pancakes and French toast. And you've got enough space. You can make everything for everybody. So I am digging the Blackstone. How big is that surface area about? It's about 28 inches by, mine is a smaller one. It's like 28 by 24 maybe. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, I have a two burner. They make them as big as like four burners. So you can get a really long one. It's just me at the house. So, you know, me and the dog don't eat that much. <laughs> so, it's really but when I made the hibachi, my griddle was full. <laughs> I had vegetables and shrimp and fried rice and chicken. So yeah, it was very full. So do you think people are liking this just for the outdoor cooking part or also that it's a big flat surface that you couldn't easily have in your current kitchen without like a major remodel? I think both because like smash burgers are another thing that's really popular to make on the Blackstone. It's like everybody's first recipe. I literally ask that, like, what's the first thing you made on your Blackstone? And like 90% of people, it was smash burgers. But think about making a smash burger in your kitchen. Like you have to use a burger press and press down and it's going to make a burger that's probably like six, seven inches across. Well, do you have a skillet? You'd have to make them one at a time on a skillet. Or if you have like a, like we used to have an electric griddle that we'd make pancakes on on Saturdays, you know, when I was a kid. This is like that times three. And you can make, you know, eight, I, even on my small one, I could make eight smash burgers. And from what you're saying, it sounds like it gets hotter, faster, and more heat. Like those electric griddles were, I like, I, I probably have one in my garage still. Like it's wonderful for when you need that cooking surface, but like not hot, fast. It, no, it's like, like it makes good pancakes. Yeah. But like it doesn't sear and that Blackstone gets mega hot. <laughs> oh. It gets super hot. And I actually have a laser thermometer that like you just pointed at it and you can see how hot it is, which um, the Blackstone does have a lot of accessories that you need as far as like covers for the, you need the burger press and then you need a cover so that the cheese melts and then you need the thermometer and then you need a special like a bunch of spatulas. And there's a lot of accessories that kind of go that you got to get with it. But yeah, it gets super hot, super quick, which is great because it sears everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, literally smash burgers 
it's hard being a blogger doing a doing that because it goes so fast and I'm trying to take pictures and make it. You got to make like you have two of everything so you can make sure you get it all done. But I love it. It is so much fun. I just did Philly cheesesteaks the other day and they turned out fantastic and it's really delicious. And Philly cheesesteaks. We have Penn Station here mm-hmm. is our restaurant, but they taste just like Penn Station. It's really fun. Wow. Well, I don't know. Like when we first started talking earlier today, you're like, how have you not heard of this? I had not heard of this. If you are. And so we had to Google it and I looked it up and I've looked it up and I'm I'm not the biggest like outdoor cooking person. And like you, I am not a quick adopter of things. Sometimes my instant pot and my air fryer both sat in my front entryway for like a year each. So (laughs) I'm like, oh, I can order this Blackstone thing and then have it sit in my front entryway for a year. But it does sound super cool. It is really fun. It's, you know, a crowd pleaser. Like I asked, I called my friends because I had to make the hibachi dinner for my website and I just needed help. Like it's very difficult to hold a spatula, blow the steam and take a photograph all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I um, invited friends over and I was like, I had people like jumping on each other, like who wants to come for a free hibachi dinner? And they're like, me, me, me. So <laughs> it's a showy thing to do is smash burgers and hibachi. But then it also is very easy to make steak, chicken, shrimp. Like shrimp is so fast. And it's easy cleanup, which I like too. Like it's an easy tool to use. And I'm guessing too, like if you are somebody who does a lot of like grilling and outdoor cooking, you now have that extra cooking surface. So maybe you have your steaks on the grill, but you're doing a whole bunch of veggies in the on yeah. the Blackstone or like that you kind of thing. You grilled onions and mushrooms on the Blackstone to put on your, you know, mm-hmm. like put on your steak. And yeah, it's just really handy. And fried rice is so easy. It's so much easier to make fried rice on a Blackstone than it is in your house. Hmm. <laughs> like, well, I you have tons of space that you can like flip and stir and. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's I, a fun I'm, thing. I'm thinking about like, it more. <laughs> it was like $200. Okay. Two, Fifty, so it's not like that, you know, crazy expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, love it, love it. Okay, I'm pretty sure that you did not bring a surprise Blackstone recipe for me, but you did bring a secret surprise recipe for me. Yeah, I did. What I thought about doing a Blackstone recipe, but nope, no. I picked something that is dear to my heart. Okay, next time you're on, we'll do a Blackstone recipe. <laughs> what are we doing this time? Made right sliders with cheese. Made right sliders. And I bet you've spelled made right incorrectly. Probably. I, I you, You're watching me right down as I go, M-A-D-E hyphen R-I-G-H-T. No, okay. How do you spell oh, it? So a made right, it's M-A-I-D, like a person that cleans, and uh-huh. R-I-T-E. Oh. A made right is a sandwich that is born and raised and created in Iowa, which is my home. And mm-hmm. I've eaten made rights since I could eat. So probably like three or four years old, I was eating a made right. It's also known as a loose meat sandwich. So if you ever watch the old Roseanne show, and I think the new one too, they have a restaurant and they serve loose meat sandwiches. Wait a minute. When you were on Guy Fieri's grocery show, game, yes. You did a loose you did a loose meat sandwich on there, right? Yes. This is um that was an homage to my made rights of, of home. So yeah. Okay, so is Made Right like a restaurant or a brand yeah, name? Made Right is a chain. It's a chain restaurant that's all over Iowa. There's actually one here in Ohio. There's only one real one in. There's only one real real one outside of Iowa, and that's here in um, Greenville or Greenfield, Ohio. And um, but yeah, it's a chain restaurant. They have a giant. You could make it on the Blackstone. 
<laughs> they have a giant griddle where they cook up the ground beef. And so it's basically, think of it like a manwich, but without the sauce. So I don't even know if I know what a manwich is. I, the, I feel sometimes like some of these things never made it <laughs> n- north to Canada. <laughs> we were, I was poor growing up, so we ate manwiches a lot. So, so okay, break basically it down. it's ground beef. Uh-huh. It has some seasoning in it. And in man with a manwich, there's manwich is a canned sauce. And you would put the sauce in there and then you'd put that on your burger. So it's kind of like a sloppy joe? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh, oh, I know sloppy man, joe. Is just the na- manwich is just the name brand of the sauce that you would buy at the store. It's a sloppy uh, joe. Okay. But a made right is like that, but with no sauce. Oh. So So my ex-husband would always call it a fall apart burger because when you go to eat it, it kind of falls apart because there's no (laughs) sauce holding it together. But that's why I like cheese on them because the cheese kind of is a little bit of a glue to hold it together. So that's where I think I was one of the first to kind of create this recipe. There's others out there now, but the Made Right sliders was kind of my thought one day. I was like, we all like these sliders. How about doing a Made Right slider? And before you start, so even though this is a loose meat sloppy joe sort of thing you are a pick it up and eat it kind of person with this or because sloppy joe for me are knife and fork food oh no i pick (laughs) it up and eat it i get messy and actually when you get a made right at the store like when you go to the made right restaurants you get they serve it's a just a cheap hamburger bun with all this like chopped you know hamburger that's loose and then they usually serve it with a little plastic spoon because you got to kind of scoop up everything that falls out I love that. So, That's great. Yeah. Okay. So we we're are the food of my people. So so you get you get this like messy burger thing, and they don't give you a fork, and they don't give you a knife. They just give you lots of napkins and a spoon. And a spoon. Yep. Little tiny plastic spoon. Yeah. That's just classic. And the red and white like checked paper is in the basket. Like it's very old school. So, but I've been eating them since I was born. So. I love it. I love it. Okay, where do you start when you're making a made right slider? Okay, so with the sliders, we always think of a lot of people are probably familiar with sliders. They're using the King's Hawaiian rolls and they're cheesy and gooey and you put them in the oven. So I took the made right recipe and I combined it with sliders to make it a little easier handheld snackable food. It's great for parties. It's great for get togethers. It's also just great for dinner and you can reheat them in the oven or the air fryer super easy. So they're just flipping delicious. Let me tell you. I'm excited. (laughs) So first we obviously start with ground beef. And so um, you got ground beef and then what we do is we add seasonings to the ground beef. Now, I've heard rumors that a traditional real made right actually uses like a root beer seasoning or like a root beer syrup, which I have not figured out how to replicate, but I use a different concoction of spices that kind of get me to the same place. And Mm -hmm. so you cook your ground beef, but you don't add oil because what we're doing is we're going to add some other things to the skillet with Mm -hmm. the ground beef that will help it cook and you don't need oil because most of the time really with ground beef, you don't need oil anyway. We're going to add some bouillon. You can, I like better than bouillon. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. It just, it's got so much more flavor. So I just do a little scoop of the better than bouillon and then half a cup of water. And then we're going to add a tablespoon of brown sugar, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. So that gets a little bit of sweetness in there. 
Mm-hmm. And then one and a half tablespoons of Worcestershire mm-hmm. and one and a half tablespoons of soy sauce. So you're adding those things like the beef is frying in a frying pan and you're adding those things to it as yep. it's cooking. Okay. Yeah. I just let the beef crumble and cook a little bit. So it's maybe partially cooked. Mm-hmm. And then I add everything in while it's still very pink, but not like completely raw. So it's maybe half cooked and then you add all that seasoning in mm-hmm. and then you're going to cook that on the skill in a skillet until the water kind of dissolves. And so that just kind of helps it cook a little bit, helps the meat steam so it stays moist. Mm-hmm. And then all those seasonings get into all that ground beef and the the liquid kind of dissolves away and you've got a delicious base for any made. That's a made right right there. That sounds That's great a- just like that. Like I'm like, put some rice on my plate, scoop that on top and I, I'm happy. Well, for us Iowans, we just throw it on a bun and grab a spoon and there's our made right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So you could just like get some hamburger buns and scoop that onto there and be good, but you're going to turn it into a cheesy slider. So what do you do next? So next up, we've got our, we've got preheat the oven to 350. I do that actually before I start the ground beef. So preheat the oven. And then um, while that beef is browning, you want to spray a baking dish with nonstick spray just to make sure it's easy to get those dogs out. And then we're going to slice those King's Hawaiian rolls or any of those like little slider buns. Slice them in half and place the bottom half of the rolls in the baking dish. So just for anybody who's never done this before, I've done this before, the rolls are like a whole bunch of rolls that are attached to each other and you're keeping them attached to each other, but you're slicing... Slicing across the middle. So yeah, keep them all attached in like a 12 bunch Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. don't slice, don't cut the buns apart, Mm -hmm. but across the middle. So you've got a top half and a bottom half of your slider rolls. You're going to slice those all the way across. Just use like a big, long serrated knife, like Mm -hmm, a bread mm -hmm. knife that you'd use and slice those across. Be very careful. Don't cut yourself. It is kind of a delicate balance of like, because you need to hold the bun down Uh so uh that you can get the knife through it, but you don't want to smash it because we like our, you know, we'd like them to be a little fluffy and soft. Yeah. So, okay. So slice those rolls all the way across and put the bottom half in the baking dish. And then once your ground beef is all ready and the liquid is evaporated, you're going to spread that ground beef all over the top of those, the bottoms of those King's Hawaiian rolls. So we're going to just cover those King's Hawaiian rolls with all your made right beef topping. So you're making like a big sandwich right now. Yes. It's a giant sandwich right now. It's Mm -hmm. a giant made right right now. (laughs) But now because it's a slider and we want to keep it all together a little bit better, we're going to add some cheese to it. And so Mm -hmm. I am a big proponent. You can use any cheese you like, really. Mm-hmm. I am a big Land O'Lakes American. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only cheese. My ex-husband turned me on to it. And once I started using Land O'Lakes, I cannot use anything else. Like if I see people use the plastic slice, I can't do it. <laughs> so Heather, this is actually really interesting to me. Um, So I went down a whole rabbit hole and people who are listening who heard me talk to my boyfriend, Marty, on this show, you'll remember we had this like total nerd out session about the boar's head American cheese. Do you have boar's head in Ohio? Okay. So it's not sold in those little plastic. Like it's not sold like that either. It's like a deli counter cheese. And so I started Googling like, is boar's head American cheese really American cheese? And went down this whole rabbit hole. And what I found is that there's actually a distinction between deli American cheese and packaged American cheese.
and cheese and that they tend to have different things in them. And I'm curious if the, do you say Land of Lakes? Land of Lakes is similar to the Boar's Head. They use more actual cheese in the blend as opposed to this like milk mixture sort of thing. Um, It's a processed American cheese product. Right. <laughs> but it's much more cheesy than like the packaged, like mm-hmm. pre-sliced, like in those plasticky. And it just melts. Yeah. So it's not all the way Velveeta. It's no. like actually what it totally reminds me of. And this is speaking to my past, just like my maid rights, is government cheese. <laughs> so <laughs> like if you've ever been to a Wahlburgers, they always say that they they put government cheese on it. And that's what I had growing up was a big old box of government cheese was what we got because we were poor. And that's what this reminds me of. Like it's not Velveeta, but it's also not the plastic cheese, but it's also not like a slice of cheddar cheese either. Yeah. But it melts so wonderfully. It's really the best for grilled cheese. I'm going to guess that Boar's Head is pretty similar to Land Lakes. Like it is a pricier version, yeah. but it melts so nice. It makes the best grilled cheese sandwich I've ever had yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, And the, I mean, the Boar's Head one, I find like I sometimes put it on, like if I'm doing chicken thighs or something, I'll put it on in the oven, breadcrumbs on top or something. And it ends up making somewhere between a sauce and a cheese layer in there because it melts just so, but not straight melt like it's not going to be stringy like your melted mozzarella or melted cheddar right it's more right oozy it does have a cheese pull to it Yours but does. not oh. thick not a thick one like it's it's pretty loosey-goosey but man and just eating a slice of land of lakes just right out of the fridge is so good and it does come in like a big chunk but you have to you get it sliced at the mm-hmm. deli counter. So, um, yeah. And my husband was super picky because, like, we, I bought him the Kroger brand one time. And he was like, that's not Land Lake. And I was like, well, how do you know? I'm totally – I'm going to buy some. And then I'm going to do a side-by-side taste test with Marty. And we'll, and I'll get back to it. I'll let you know if yeah. they're, they're similar and which one he likes better. Because he's quite particular about his things of choice. When he finds Those a thing he loves, that's picky. all he buys. Yeah. Those boys are picky. I know. I, I know. really once my ex husband turned me onto the Land of Lakes, it's my favorite kind to use. It just melts so perfectly. And it's really great with this because the loose meat sandwich, the made right, it is very um, loose. And mm-hmm. it is, as he would call it, a fall apart burger. And so you want something in this slider to kind of hold that together. So when you're picking up your little slider bite, you're it's not falling all mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. The cheese mm-hmm. is a very much a glue that kind of like surrounds and engulfs that meat. And so it holds it together beautifully. And it's cheesy and delicious. So how so you've got your bottom layer of buns and all of your um, meat on top of that. How much weight? How much ground beef did you start with for this recipe? Is it a pound? I'm, I just did a pound, pound? of ground beef. So you've got your yep. pound of ground beef with all that beautiful stuff going on in it. And then how many slices of cheese are going on there? Like four? Six. Six. Oh. I nice. have some cheese on here. Yeah. 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 They, they overlap a little bit, but you'll overlap maybe half. But mm-hmm. so it's a kind of a little bit of double layer of cheese in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, six slices of Land Lake cheese, two across, three down. Mm-hmm. And then I also add pickles. So mm-hmm. I am a pickle fan. And um, maid rights are always served with pickles. And so it's pickle and mustard. If you're a, if you go to a maid right, it's served with pickle and mustard. The ketchup is on the table if you like it. But yeah, so I put dill pickle slices on either. You can do it on top of the cheese or under the cheese. I like to do it under the cheese. So the pickles and then the cheese. And then we're going to just lay the tops of the King's Hawaiian rolls. And the pickles, I use a third of a cup about, but like, mm-hmm. it's really up to you. Like if you don't like pickles or if you just want one pickle on each little bun, like mm-hmm. it's fine. 
fine. You do you. Do you. And you're not <laughs> doing mustard in here. No, I, I leave the mustard out and leave that for, you know, a dipping or if mm-hmm, they want mm-hmm, to. But mm-hmm. I don't think it needs it. Okay. Pickles, cheese. You got your pickles. You got your cheese. Then we're going to take the tops of the King's Hawaiian buns and lay those on. Just set them on top. Mm-hmm. Super easy. And then to top this off before we place it in the oven, we're going to make a little glaze, which mm-hmm. a lot of those Hawaiian, a lot of the slider recipes have a glaze. So mm-hmm. just in a microwave safe bowl, you're going to add a quarter cup of butter. I like mm-hmm. to, I use salted butter for everything. I use unsalted oh. for everything. We're just going to disagree. But yes, it's good. <laughs> then you don't have to I salt it. You're it. good. Then I don't have to add any salt. Then I don't add any salt. And then I use a, maybe one tablespoon of brown sugar, a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, mm-hmm. and a tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce, and a teaspoon of poppy seed. So that's mm-hmm. optional, but it just kind of, you know, gives a little extra texture. Mm-hmm. And so just put it all in a little microwave dish, pop it in the microwave for like 30 seconds. And then I just use like a glass measuring cup. Pop it in there. Take it out. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. And not whiskey you drink. I mean whisk with whisk. Um, And then once you've got that melted butter sauce glaze, you're just going to use a pastry brush and brush that over the top of your sliders. You might have a little leftover, so don't feel like you have to use the whole thing. But just brush that over the top of your Hawaiian rolls. So then once that is done, you pop it in the oven. Um, it's a 350 degree oven and you bake it for 25 minutes. Uncovered. Uncovered. And as it bakes, do the tops of the rolls get brown and crunchy from the butter? They get a little, yeah, they get a little bit of brown and crunchy. If you look on it, you know, check it after 15, 20 minutes. If they're getting a little too brown, you can lay a slice of aluminum foil over top because mm-hmm. you don't want them too hard. But I've found they don't, at 350, they're not getting too hard right, on right. top. And so, yeah, you just bake them for 25 minutes. That cheese, the ground beef is already cooked. We're just right. melting everything together. And mm-hmm. so that cheese gets all melty. The glaze gets a little crispy and sugary. Mm-hmm. sweet on top and salty from Worcestershire and soy sauce and butter like it's a little salty a little sweet and then you take it out take it out and then you're going to take like a a boning knife or like a just a sharp knife I like to use my boning knife it's Mm -hmm. just a long skinnier knife Mm -hmm. and I like to take that out and it just slices the sliders then you slide it cut it up into the 12 slider buns and you've got the tops to be able to see where your bun slices should be Mm -hmm. so you cut your um your giant burger into 12 individual burgers and I find that that boning knife works really well because it's very sharp and very pointed and long so it gets down and you can cut all the layers you're doing that while they're still in the pan oh yeah in the baking dish yeah in the baking dish so you wouldn't use like a non-stick baking dish then if you're going to be going in with your sharp no i have a ceramic baking dish or a glass Uh baking dish is Uh what i typically use for this oh yeah okay i got it yeah, so after you slice those up, you'll just have, I have a little tiny skinny spatula that I use to remove them. It's just a big spatula is going to pull up more than one. So I have like a little skinny, tiny plastic spatula. Mm-hmm. I think it's Pampered Chef or something um, that I got decades ago. And um, I just use those to pull them out one at a time and you can serve them up. And I would say if you're having it for dinner, each person might eat two to three. Mm-hmm. So it could serve like four to six people, depending on like if you've got French fries, they'd be great to serve with french fries tater tots onion mm-hmm. rings or you know you could serve a salad i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's what i would do my poor kids 
But yeah, I mean, French fries and salad, a side salad, you probably only would eat two per person if they're adults. If you're just, if it's a grab and go kind of thing, it's good for parties and get togethers too. Like if you're just having people over, it's something they can pick up and grab and, you know, like one on a plate with your little accoutrements of chips and veggies and stuff like Actually, that. would be great. Yeah, that's a great idea because you could get the meat mixture pre-done and in the fridge and your glaze pre-done. You need it to stay at room temperature. Otherwise, the butter would like solidify but your glaze pre-done and you could pre-slice your hawaiian big flats of hawaiian buns and like put them back into the bag they were in and then when you're ready to serve preheat the oven just assemble in it goes you would you would you pre-do them and refrigerate them before cooking them or would the the bread start to get too soggy and i would probably not just mm-hmm. because i don't like soggy bread yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so i too. would just keep them separate but yeah you could make up the made right mixture and you could even make a bigger batch and just yeah. have some made rights or make a double batch of this these sliders and put them in like a nine by 13 pan mm-hmm. you know make a bigger pan of them and double it up so yeah i would you could make the ground beef mixture ahead of time though it's easy and it would probably heat up even if it was pre-cooked and oh. cold because they're in there. You were in the oven for like 20, 25 minutes, right? Oh, yeah. It'll heat up. And it's not that thick of a layer. So it's, a you know, like it's pretty spread out over the 12 mm-hmm. buns. So, Well, I love this idea. I learned so much from you today. Blackstone, Made Right, all the different synonyms <laughs> for Sloppy Joes. And... <laughs> <laughs> and See, now if you ever go to Iowa, you'll be like, I want a made right. Yeah, I'll fit right in. I should do that. I have never. It's funny because when I go home, I always make my friends take me to made right. And then they'll be like, I order a made right. I actually ordered cheese right because they put the cheese on it. And I order a pork tenderloin sandwich. And they're like, do you want fries? And I was like, no, we have fries in Ohio. I'm good. I just uh-huh. want the pork tenderloin and I want the made right because those are things I cannot get in, in Ohio. So yeah, I just double up on the meat but made right is a fairly small a lot of them have closed like it's oh. something that like i grew up in a town of three thousand people and we had our own made right in town so it's something that like back you know in the 70s because i'm that old was very prevalent every little town had a made right and now there's not near as many of them a lot of them have closed but you know they're still around and uh and this is a nice way like the first time i made one it was like Oh, it was just a taste of home. Like it was Mm -hmm. so like the first bite. I was like, oh, it's just like a squeeze, a hug from my best friend back home. (laughs) Like I just, I just loved it. It just was a very special flavor, a special, you know, burger to me. And I I just love made rights. And I like this recipe because I can take that traditional made right that I'm used to and make it into something a little different. That's kind of fun. I I love, I love this so much. And I'm, I can't wait to try it. Actually, I'm very excited. And I think my kids will love it too. Can you, Heather, let people know where they can find you? I will link to this recipe for them on your site for sure, but let them know where they can find you if they want more Blackstone and other Iowa (laughs) foods and and delicious things. Yes. Lots of Iowa foods on there. So my website is The Food Hussy, H-U-S-S-Y, thefoodhussy.com. You can find me anywhere on social media at Food Hussy. And um, yeah, I have an air fryer cookbook out that's available on Amazon. But I specialize in copycat recipes, which this originally was a copycat of the Maid Right. Traeger, which is a smoker grill and Blackstone recipes. So those are kind of my little specialty areas and the air fryer. But yeah, you can find me anywhere. And this recipe is on thefoodhussy.com. Thank you so much, Heather. Thanks. It 
is always so much fun to talk to Heather. I hope you enjoyed that. Definitely check out her site, foodhussy.com. And if you have a black stone like she was talking about, I would love to hear what you think of that. So you can put that in those comments there as well on the Facebook group. The Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash recipe OTD. As to Heather's surprise recipe, I don't know why the phrase loose meat sounds so strange to me, but whatever, the idea of these sliders sounds delicious and I cannot wait to try them. I'm sure you want to try them as well. I will put the link to her recipe in the show notes for this podcast episode for you so you can find that there. As to what is going on in my kitchen, now I'm just going to be honest with you. I am actually pre-recording a whole bunch of these episodes in the weeks or month ahead, including this one. It is pre-recorded and that is because both Rachel, who is my business manager and the amazing person responsible for editing all these episodes for me, she is traveling quite a bit in the next couple of weeks and I am going away as well. And so we have to kind of do everything in advance. And so I am going to be telling you in these last segments where I share like what I'm up to, what I'm cooking and, you know, what's going to be going up on the sites, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be trying to do my best to tell you what the plan is, but I am not entirely positive that everything will go to plan. So I'm going to be giving you my best ideas about what's going to be going down. But if you hear me say that I'm testing a recipe and then it never does get mentioned again, never shows up again, it might be because the plan did not come to fruition. And that happens quite often. Anyways, I guess I'm looking at the list of plans that I have, and I see the cream of shrimp soup on the list. I'm pretty sure that I've told you twice now that I'm about to perfect this recipe, and I have not finished it yet at all. So who knows what's going to happen. But I do plan to finish testing that shrimp soup, the cream of shrimp soup soon. I'm also playing around with some pork loin chomps and trying to just perfect the best way to cook those. That is on my list for this week. And oh, I've done so many salmon recipes, but nowhere on Cook the Story is there a side of salmon. I know that Jill did one on the cookful for us, but I do a side of salmon the way that I do salmon pieces with the skin side up under the broiler so the skin gets really crispy. I've never written that up before, so I really want to do that. And then I had a salmon at Christmas Eve when we were at Marty's family dinner for Christmas Eve this year. And the host made this salmon that she actually got from Recipe Tin Eats. I love her. And it was really interesting. It was the salmon was cooked and then kind of let to get back closer to room temperature or just warm. And then you smother it with this like tzatziki-like sauce. But then that recipe had like dried cranberries and nuts and things on top. I loved the salmon and the sauce. I didn't really love the other toppings, but it has inspired me to play around with that. So I really want to do the crispy skin side of salmon and also some like fancy dinner, tzatziki, Mediterranean kind of side of salmon, you know? And that one was so brilliant. I mean, the woman who was hosting that dinner was telling me she makes it all the time and why she loves it is because the timing doesn't matter. Like you cook the salmon and then you take it out of the oven when it's ready and then it can get all the way down to room temperature or somewhere in between. And then you can finish prepping it and serve it. And it's meant to be kind of not like a hot dish. You know what I mean? And I liked that idea when you're having people over to have something that's delicious and wonderful, but isn't meant to be like served right when it comes out of the oven, you know? So that is what I'm trying to do with that. And I am like 99% sure that that one's going to happen. As to what is going live on the sites, not everything has been determined for sure, but 
I do know that the salmon chowder recipe is going up this week. That's going to be on Cook the Story. And I love this recipe because, well, like that pasta sauce that I was telling you about, I told you about it on Valentine's Day and probably on a weekend show at some point, you can use either fresh salmon or canned salmon. And so it's one of those recipes that like, once you know how to make it, you can make it like special and fancy-ish by using the fresh salmon. Or you can just always know that you've got those cans of salmon in the pantry and can whip up this delicious soup. It's like salmon, bacon, potatoes, and like cream, milk, that kind of stuff. So it's like things that you often have anyways, and you pull out those cans and you're good to go. So that recipe is going up on Cook the Story. I don't have anything scheduled for the cookful, but there is an air fryer cabbage recipe that's been done that might be ready to go up this week. I have a feeling it's going to go up the next week though. And then I can tell you that I do know what is going to be on your daily menu for recipe of the day because I'm pre-recording these weekend episodes, but I'm also pre-recording those. I have been in front of my microphone a ton lately, getting all this stuff done before Rachel leaves and before I leave. So I do know what's happening and I can tell you what you have to look forward to this week. I told you about the reverse sear steak yesterday. Tomorrow, it's the reverse sear roast beef that you have got to try. It is so crazy good. And then I have my favorite super easy beet salad. And I love the beets in there for sure. There's apple in there. It's so good. But the thing I love the most is this creamy, warm dressing that you serve on it. Oh, it's just killer. I love it. I can't wait for you to try that. We are doing uh, some air fryer barbecue chicken this week. There's a really fancy, interesting burger and a delicious hot and melty sandwich to round out your week. Those will be coming to you every morning on the recipe of the day podcast. If you want to make sure you don't miss any episodes, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. So if you are listening in a podcast app on your phone right now, just make sure that you have searched for recipe of the day and hit subscribe or follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, while you're there, leave a five-star rating and a review. Those are really, really helpful and I really appreciate it. The other ways you can subscribe is if you go to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and you'll see buttons at the top there to subscribe to some of the more popular podcast apps. And then you can always find out what's new in the Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash groups slash recipe OTD. And don't forget to go look for the post asking those questions. I really want to know what you think about the Blackstone, if you have one, and any appliance mishaps or problems that you've had over the years. I cannot wait to read that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the comments and reviews that you've already left. Thank you, Heather Johnson, the food hussy, for being such a wonderful guest. I am Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, the all-new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. I hope you have a great weekend. Let's get cooking. <laughs>